Like the twin suns on a womp rat's tail. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. <laughs> and I'm Carlos. And I'll never get used to that. Me neither, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I've got it written down in front of me. <laughs> so I don't forget. Yeah. It's going to take a while for it to get into the uh, into the recesses of the brain. Wasn't but it asked last week? Yeah, I had to soften it up a little bit. I was so excited last week, so I just made it Womp, rat, ram, womp Rat's ass. But now it's, it's, it's actually a Womp Rat's tail. So, yeah, I gotta soften it up a little bit. Be a little true to the uh, the Cobb Vanth, the Timothy Oliphant, that, that beautiful human. But, uh, yeah, welcome back, everybody. Um, hey, is it... I don't know what it is, but there seems to be a little extra spring in the world step today. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, I mean, so few things could get people across the world partying, and it's such a jubilant state, and... It's got to be a big deal, and I guess I, I I guess it's just people are really happy about the Mandalorian. It's like end of a special edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that, that meme was everywhere this weekend. I I don't know why. It's weird. It, I was at the grocery store earlier, and I'm just like, you know, whistling from behind my mask, and I'm like, I'm whistling. Uh, you make me feel so young. Uh <laughs> 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 you make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring is sprung. Dooby dooby doo. <laughs> I want to. I want to give it to the Mando. It could be something else, but uh, I, I like it's it. It's Baby Yoda. It's Baby Yoda. It's, it's Baby, Yoda. Baby it's, Yoda. It's it's that beautiful, cute yeah. little punum. It's just so nice. It's so beautiful. <laughs> All right, but anyway, I'm going to bring it down here for a sec because I'm I'm not starting the podcast until I I we have to acknowledge the passing of Alex Trebek. I mm, yeah, I oh god this one. This one hit me, man. Like that stung a bit, yeah. It stung a lot. Like legends pass on all the time, and, and we don't always bring it up here on the show unless it somehow connects to Star Wars. But yeah, there's no way I'm not talking about this guy. Like, what an absolute legend, icon. Like, this, he means a whole lot to me, and we never talk about it. Never spoke about him ever. But like, I, I've been a big Jeopardy watcher for a long, long time. And Corey, you can attest. Like, growing up as kids, it we you know we'd ha sit down, have dinner. And then mom and dad would have Jeopardy and the wheel on every single night, year after year, all the time. It was just part and of it's the... still the same. Still the same. Still the same routine over there. Yeah. Yeah, still the same routine. And and it was just always on. It was just part of the fabric of our culture, year in, year out. Like and that that's we're seeing a lot of people like uh, on social media saying how much that uh, Jeopardy really did sort of make a dent in their daily lives. So um well, it's been around for like an extremely long time. 37 it, years. That's exactly the same. And like you said, the fabric of your lives, it's dinner time. People are settling in. It's like a, anyway, it's sad, man. Yeah. It's like a piece of our, little piece of our hearts. Yeah. Like when, when, when mom and dad moved away to Georgia, like I would go visit our grandmother and, you know, every couple of weeks I'd go, go spend some time with her, eat dinner with her, take care of a few things around her house. And we would watch Jeopardy. So I have a very fond connection to the show uh, with my grandmother, with my parents. And now, like, uh, my daughter and I, we've been watching Jeopardy every night and The Wheel every night for, like, the last, I don't know, six, eight weeks. That, and that's been our, our nighttime routine. Like, we'll just sit there and, and watch it. And she's, she's actually starting to get a couple questions here and there. Uh, I mean, there's the obvious super easy ones, but she's so happy to get the question. She's connecting with the show. It's a, yeah, it's a real tough loss. I mean... 80s a he lived he's 80 right he he has a good long life um anyway he, and he bounced back what's unfortunate about it like really yeah it said he bounced back at one point it was really 
it looked bright after a stage four diagnosis. Like it really looked like he had come close to very close to it. And I was like, if anyone can do it, it's this guy, man. Like, yes, he, he why, how, why, why? Look, I, I love the, I love, I love Alex Trebek, but why would he have a step above anyone else from coming back from stage four? Why? Because he's a positive person. I, I just, have, I want to understand know, your man. statement. Well, huh? there's, there's two things about it. He's obviously very wealthy which puts him above the average person mm-hmm. and someone who is receptive to positive positivity. Th- there's some kind of link there, man. Like when you actually look at the science behind things, like, mm-hmm. like people I, have I, gone into complete remission for out of nowhere because they believe thing or this guy, he really seemed to feel the positive vibes when you saw him speaking about his diagnosis and saying you know how much the well wishes touched his heart and whatnot. You could see he's a g- genuine, and he and he said straight up like I'm fighting this and I'm trying to my best to not like he said mul- multiple times it was hard not to fall into a depression. You know, like and he's it was a battle every day to stay positive, and I believe that that's a big part of it, man. I, yeah, no, I, for sure. I I would say that maybe his disposition maybe bought him a little bit of extra time, but this pancreatic cancer gets everybody. It's a death sentence. The, so the thing I was going to say, is that, man. The, the thing I was going to say was he, uh, yes, he lived to, uh, to 80 years old. And, but the thing that's heartbreaking to me was that he still, sh- he was still sharp as a tack. Oh man. Yeah. No dip, no dip. Like it's remarkable that he was 80 years old. And in this current season, this, this is a guy with pancreatic cancer and it like not once over the last Six to eight weeks that I've been watching at night, do I go, oh, that guy's that guy's got cancer. Like he's just on it. Locked in, dialed in, whatever you want to say. Like he was just killing it every episode. But you know behind the scenes he's he's hurting. It's it's, it's a struggle. Like pancreatic cancer is maybe one of the roughest of, of them all. It's aggressive, it's unbelievably difficult to cure. I don't know if anybody like the the the, the prognosis is always very negative. Yeah, like the progno- like uh, the prognosis for like a year. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's low. Like it's it's ba- like I said, it's basically a death sentence. And and it's you know like going back a month with Eddie Van Halen. It's it's one of those deaths that your timeline is overwhelmed with outpourings of affection and grief. And yeah, this Trebek, yeah. he he made an impact. You know, I don't want to get hung up on this too much, but my God, like everybody loved this guy. Even and I think I think. I don't say people took him for granted, but when like he, for you know thirty seven years he's part of the, the the tapestry and he's gone just like that and you're like oh well, you know they're you, you know they work to the bitter bitter <laughs> can I go <laughs> yeah I so you 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 know that there's no god when Alex Trebek dies but Chuck Woolery is still alive oh jeez. What a that, uh, yeah! There's a so, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I had to I had to go there I had to go there, but uh, no, I I love Jeopardy, man. I love I loved it. I, I I mean I don't have cable now, and uh, but I do. Um, it's on Netflix, right? So you can you can go back yeah. and watch some of these old episodes, and um, it, it doesn't love- go back far enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I have this love hate relationship with Jeopardy, where I love watching the show and people hate watching the show with me <laughs> because they're like, how the hell do you know these things? 
and um which is is always fun for me like i i i really enjoy like it's rare that i don't i don't if i'm not batting 60% on on that show like it's rare like it's it's it makes you it fools you into thinking like i could i could if i was on the show i would be a 3 day champion at least it's all about the buzzer, baby. <laughs> you got to get that buzzer. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's all about the buzzer. There's the strategy in in like when you get the daily doubles, when you hit those those, you know, those wild card things and and when you get to final jeopardy, like what's your if you're far enough ahead that you don't have to worry about it, eh, you bet nothing. But, you know, when when the games are close, if your your final wager has to be strategic. You just can't pick a a number out of thin air and just go with it. It's it's fascinating. It's a really cool game. Anyway, it, the show will go on, I'm sure, um, but it will not be the what, same. Do you know, Kyle? Just out of curiosity, like when he filmed his last episode, he was working. I read a story after his passing today, and he worked up until October 29th, which is wow. crazy. I don't. It said he was in studio as late as August uh, October 29th. I don't know what that means. Was that just a visit? Was he filming episodes? I don't know, but. It, Wow. And Sean Con- Sean Connery, like it's funny because the well, it's not funny. It's just the Sean Connery passing, like a day after that. Well, then, yeah, a week ago, and then right? Alex passed. Yeah, and then Alex Trebek passes a week later, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. It's really funny. They they can watch Jeopardy together up in heaven with the with the with their mothers. Yeah, <laughs> Trebek, <laughs> their mother Trebek. <laughs> anyway uh rest in peace alex Trebek. Yes. sorely sorely missed okay guys um let's jump into star wars uh have we had any star wars adventures this week Corey? anything uh other than watching chapter 10 chapter x man uh not too much i on the collecting front bit of a slow week a little i mean definitely i think you i'll let you take the reins on this story but uh, yeah, we there's a to be had to no <laughs> oh avail. My, oh my god! Um, but uh, yeah, I picked up well my my boy Steve Legrand from uh, Kaya Boutique. He let me know he's like I locked down the Ren from the new Rebels line, so I'm just sniping them off one by one, man. I mean Ezra and Chop are the only ones that remain at this point, which is pretty cool. And uh, then I'll have two two sets of the same line in different boxes. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks, that, man. That, that's outstanding. <laughs> I know Dave, Dave Donovan's listening Trust right now. Dad. Just going, you're such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carlos, anything with you? I needed that Zeb. Oh, my turn. Uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I got a couple of more uh, little uh, little tidbits there. I, I actually, the the biggest piece I picked up the um, the ATST Raider from the Mandalorian with the Caridun. Nice. So that's uh, sealed in box. I have all the Mandalorian sets all sealed in box. Haven't haven't built them yet. Uh, I just just finished rebuilding the AT AT that <laughs> uh, sh- shattered on the floor. <laughs> what is it with um, what is it with Carlos's in our? You know, milieu of podcasting buddies that have had these huge accidents. Mine fell first. Just letting <laughs> you know. At least uh, yours is designed to break and be put back together. At least not there's that. really. It it kind of feels weaker. Oh no. Yeah, it kind of feels like I don't know. I had to like position the legs differently, and now I I changed its spot on the shelf, so it's at the top of the shelf. 
Um, but I put it next to the ATDP and the ATAT from Rogue One. So it's uh, I got the, the all-terrains all, all together. Uh, it actually looks pretty sweet. Um, uh, what else? Uh, oh, I got uh, a couple of other little... Uh, uh, bib bobs like uh just some uh, some lego stuff from the lego store um for uh, for my christmas tree which i ended ended what up what were they bib bobs, bobs? little okay boob boob magoobs you know just things okay. that uh yeah knickknacks patty wax goobers yeah yeah exactly uh so uh, yeah i um started putting my christmas tree up uh, yesterday and i i went to uh, uh canadian tire really? which is yeah. Yep. Yes. You couldn't wait till after Remembrance Day. Why? Who cares? I, Why? You know, you, you got to give 2020. You got wherever you can find the joy. Take it. That's it. I usually I wait till yeah, after. I, I'm on. I spoke to my girlfriend as well, just saying, you know, I think we should set up early this year. Our my son's got his first birthday coming up next weekend. I was like, after that's done, it should be up, man. Usually we wait till early December, but I'm on board, and I'm telling you, man, people on my street, Halloween was over. Lights are up, like, uh, uh, en masse. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a, it feels like um, an early fall day in Haddonfield, Illinois. Like, the, like the, it's not Christmassy weather at all. No, this is like this is like the weather we should be getting in September. This like, is this was ridiculous. Yeah, and but yeah, I, I I said no way. Like I uh, I started the you know opening up the tree and. Um, I went through my boxes of of uh, ornaments and lights and stuff, and uh, I didn't have enough Duke boobs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I did. I uh, checked out my lights, and there was a couple of strands that were not kind of not working. So I, I I went over to Canadian Tire and I I, I bought eight hundred lights. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's my Griswold. Tree. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I usually hover around six hundred. You know. Uh, 650, 700, depending on the year. And uh, but uh, this year, all brand new, 800 lights. Um, and I finished that off today. And uh, you know, actually, not really finished because uh, a lot of my um, my Christmas balls are are at my uh, ex girlfriend's house. Uh, in uh, I don't know what it is with uh, my ex girlfriends like to keep my shit, but um, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to collect those and uh, and fill out. Uh, the holes in the tree but uh yeah no it's um it, it was pretty cool like um i had a pretty decent uh, pretty decent week uh and that 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 ucs uh tie interceptor was uh, was a complete fabrication it was a hoax like the lady <laughs> oh, no the lady you know no the lady had no idea she was apparently posting uh the, the one that i already have the blue one and she said that it was all, it was a collector's thing, and it's like, no, oh, okay, this person's lost. So uh, yeah, but I kind of I, I kind of felt that it was too good to be true, you know. You got to trust your instincts on these things. If if you know the material well, as you do with Star Wars Lego, and something doesn't seem right, it's probably because it's not right. And I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Troy and uh, and Tim and Carlos uh, uh, when they were they actually gave me a shout out on the show and. Uh, uh, I'm I'm kind of happy that like sometimes I go on these Lego rants and I, I know Corey's like biting his tongue or nodding off like one or the <laughs> other and uh, and what? but yeah exactly and um, 
they're they're uh, they enjoy it. They they like hearing my uh, my passion for the war, for the Star Wars Lego, and uh, so I want to say. Um, when I do uh, get the inkling a lot of times uh, to to pick up, you know, Black Series figures and stuff like that, it's mainly because uh, I'm listening to them talk about, you know, their collections and stuff. Well, and you guys too there, but... Uh, <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Well, it's pretty cool. That's the thing about nice Lego, game. right? It's... There's nothing... There's not one thing about lego that is negative other than the the price that just keeps going up and not just like the secondary market stuff the retail stuff that but besides the point like yeah it and this this is not in the show notes i i was in there originally but then we had enough to talk about but just quickly to mention the lego star wars holiday special trailer came out this week and Mm -hmm. just seeing the poster it it just triggered like this automatic response where i start smiling and it's like, this is the thing that Lego strives to do, is just make yep. you smile. And you, you watch the trailer. God damn, it was so nice to hear Daisy, Daisy Ridley's voice again. Mm-hmm. Kelly Marie Tran, listen to that great voice of hers. Billy D, back making cape jokes. Like, everything cool from Star Wars is into this thing. And Akbar is back with a, with a spin on his big gag line. It's a perfect tonic for 2020. And it just looks delightful. And... I, I don't, I don't want to get ranty, but if if you get through a Lego Star Wars thing and you aren't at the very least amused, you're dead inside. And and if you spend one second complaining about Star Wars Lego, you suck. <laughs> it's the easiest thing to just ignore and let wash over you. But yeah. if you take the time to go on Twitter or in a Facebook post and, and whine that they've gotten something wrong... Go outside. Get out of your chair. Get off your couch. Put down your phone. Go outside. Like you are just saying, we had some really nice November weather. <laughs> like shorts and t-shirt weather for us today. Multiple days. We should be getting ready for snow. But we're not. I went out for a walk today in my shorts and a t-shirt. It was surreal. I don't get it. But if you're complaining about Star Wars Lego, like we, we keep it fairly PG here. I would love to let loose on what I think of people who whine about Star Wars Lego Holiday Special. Get a life. Good yeah. grief, get a life. Like it's the most stupid thing that I I can I can possibly imagine. I get arguing about the details in the the live action stuff and even like Rebels or or Clone Wars. Have at her. Lego, a holiday special, you're whining. Piss off. Like go away. It's like, it's like making fun of itself. So, you know, they, they Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney, everyone, the world who's ever seen it or ever even heard of the holiday special, the original, knows it was complete and utter garbage. It was just a hot pile, man. It was a mess. And everyone knows it, including Star Wars. So, like, them doing this is, you know, they're poking fun at themselves. And that's what comedy is kind of all about. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get uh, too deep into it. The, the thing comes out November seventeenth. I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm going to sit down with the kids, and we're going to watch it at least once, maybe twice. We're going to have fun with it, for sure. Yeah. There's going to be. When does it come out? Next Tuesday. Life day. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what it is. 
it's, but the, the the thing is, like, uh, there's a chance that this thing, like, well, we might watch it once, maybe you know, uh, every year we'll watch it. Or there, with my kids, there's a possibility that that, that thing might be on a loop. Yeah, maybe this could be the yeah. thing that you know goes on when you're putting up. Well, at least when I'll be putting up the Christmas tree, I usually wait till early December for my daughter's birthday, and we do it that weekend. That's been our tradition over the last, well, the span of her relatively short life. But um, yeah. It's, you know, it's good timing for us. Um, anyway, I, I, I get to tie together some threads here because I can take the Christmas angle here um, and tie it to a collecting angle. Uh, the, the story that Corey was alluding to that he wants to let me run with. It's uh, It was a week <laughs> for, for your oh story boy. here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ultimately, I came out empty-handed with uh, on, on the Star Wars collecting end of things, but the hunt for the Clone Wars Ahsoka figure, the Black Series, it's a Walmart exclusive. It is real. Oh, it's real. It's This is turning into the most intense figure hunt I've ever been a part of. Like, we are like a paramilitary group in how we are organized now with... Uh, I've got a group here on Facebook, and I'm not even joking. Just minutes ago, they sent me a, a note saying that there's 12 of the Ahsoka figure in Ottawa now. Oh, that's a nice drive. I'm thinking about it. I'm not even joking you. We have we have oh, a no, guy. It's, it's it's an hour and a half. It's uh, and you're closer, yeah, just, so it's like uh, it's what? No, like, we have a guy. Uh, we have a guy in Gatineau, so he's across the bridge. Oh, nice. So he he's got every chance. I haven't seen him reply yet, but he's got every chance to head over there tomorrow morning, and and jump in there and grab it. But we're mobilized. We're organized. We are hitting the website. We are all over this thing, and we've got each other's contact info. If we see something in each other's area, boom, go get it. So we're, you know we're, we're it, this thing is intense because we know, I have a feeling that Walmart is so primed to screw this up in a big way because it's exclu- exclusive to them and Hasbro is just screws up everything distribution wise and scalpers are going to be all over this thing we're not going to let that happen so <laughs> so last Wednesday uh, was the day that you know I was told like I went to Walmart over the last weekend and said when is this figure coming I gave them the UPC they looked it up they said November fifth I went over there November fifth and that was a Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know. Wednesday or Thursday. And so I, I, I'm there bright and early after dropping off the kids at school. And so I asked the question and they're like, nah, I don't know. Well, is it in the back? Like you told me today. Is it here? Is it not here? You're killing me. I spent four yeah, hours. Get, get me someone who does know. <laughs> I, I tooled around that Walmart and the neighboring Toys R Us. Like literally it's next the next building over for four hours. Because I just kept going back into that aisle. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? And it never showed up. So I was like, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm leaving. So I, I left. I check in with the guys in the group. Nobody has seen it. It's running zeros across the board on, on our the website we use for tracking these things. It's it's a strikeout. And, and so on and so forth. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're all kind of checking in with each other. And it's still nothing. So, But the hunt is real now. It's popping up in Ottawa a couple hours from here. This could be the week where I get my hands on Ahsoka. This Kyle, just hop in the car, head out to Ottawa. Carlos and I will finish up the podcast. Utah, <laughs> get me to. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's it's the most crazy hunt I've been a part of, and I just hope it works out well. I hope in a week from now I can say that I either have a line on one or I've got one in hand. I it's it's got to happen or two, right? Well, Kyle? I'm gonna open one and keep one in box, and then I got to get one for my daughter for her birthday. Uh, so you're fourth on the list, Corey. Wow. <laughs> you know why I'm not laughing at that uh, that whole scenario? Because Corey just 
pretty much drafted me to finish recording this episode and edit it and put it out. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> you told Kyle to leave right now, and we're going to finish the podcast. It'll still be re- recording by the time he gets back. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. have a lot of dead air to edit out, but... Uh... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's fine. Um... Uh, yeah, otherwise, that was kind of my week in Star Wars. Uh, while I was at Walmart, you know, that, that's the thing, right? They keep you. I was there the same day. I, I was mobile. Shut Stop interrupting. Well. Shut up. Pipe down. So I'm in, I'm in the store and I'm, I'm walking around doing a tour, lap after lap, and it jumps out at me on the, on the shelf. What my favorite Christmas movie of all time, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Oh. I quoted it at least twice today. Oh, man. I'm just, it's, it's, I see it there. I've got it upstairs and we, it's still wrapped in the in the plastic, and I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for that proper Christmas day to come out so I can pop it in and watch it. And man, that movie just kills me, absolutely yeah. slays me. Um, otherwise, you know what? You know what line I use all year long? All year long, <laughs> I'm afraid to I say use... it. No, no, not the shitter's full. No, <laughs> that was the one. No, uh, the line I use all year long is, "Hey kids, look, a deer." So I could pull the finger in the opposite direction. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> everything about uh, that movie is amazing. Yeah. Everything. Absolutely everything. Really? Uh, yeah, my other Star Wars related thing this week. Uh, seven o'clock this morning. I'm tired. Like, I stayed up late to watch SNL last night with, with Chappelle and the Foo Fighters. Seven o'clock, my son shaking me in bed. Can you get up? What? Can you get up with me? No. I want to go downstairs and watch Star Wars with you. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, you can't say no to that. Jesus. You can't. So I didn't. So <laughs> we, I got up. We went downstairs. I, I laid down on the couch. Didn't sleep anymore, but I laid down on the couch and we watched Return of the Jedi. Seven o'clock in the morning. Nice. So, yeah, it was, it, that was, that was cool. Uh, that was my, that was my Star Wars week. Um, watching the Razor Crest. Actually, you know what? Let's do one more check-in with the Razor Crest. I haven't done this in a couple of days. Uh, so wait, last week when we recorded, it was at just under 15,000 backers. Yeah. And we were waiting. like 14,650. Yeah. We're like, okay, the stand is as good as unlocked. And, you know, 17K was, was the unlock for the Jawa. And that, it had, that, I thought, okay, it's going to, that's going to linger through the week. They, no- they knocked that out by, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. That was gone. Mm-hmm. They blew past that. Um, and I haven't really checked since. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what the number is. So here I want to go to Hasbro Pulse. All right, let's see. This thing's winding down. Did you pull the trigger? No. Oh my god. Oh no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I got uh, one day and two hours to go. I got plenty of time. Twenty thousand eight hundred and four backers. Wow. Dude, that it picked up five thousand backers in a week. Wow! Actually, twenty about twenty one thousand or sorry, five thousand three hundred in a week. Is that right? Is that my math? Yeah, that's Guys, ch- check your check your secondary markets for for figures that people are offloading <laughs> so they can buy this thing. Holy <laughs> smokes! Actually, no, it's actually six thousand six thousand three hundred backers, and since we last recorded, incredible. Those extra tiers were enough to push people over the edge. I guess. At the last minute. Well, I thought like once it hit seventeen, and unlocked that Jawa, that it would die off, and that they might dangle another carrot to see if they could push it higher. But this thing's just—it's exploded. 
wow, it just absolutely exploded. Like I, everybody kind of expects that spike in the final week as people rush through the door at the end, but they didn't need to. Like Hasbro smart. <laughs> they didn't have to invest any more into this thing. They're just letting this thing go. This thing's going to, in the next day, this thing's probably going to hit 22, 23,000 backers as people rush through the door. Wow. Crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, that's incredible. So, yeah, this no, this is this is something I'll be doing tomorrow. I will be uh, sealing a deal on, on this Razor Crest by tomorrow. There's, there's too much in it now to to, uh, to pass it up. Just yeah, couple... there's like what? Three, there's three figures in there with the, plus the carbonite uh, things. The escape like... pod, the stand, the car. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a cool, cool set. So, yeah, it's yeah. sold out by morning. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. There is no sellout on this. No, that's the thing is like for them, for them, for every They're thousand. They're just taking orders. <laughs> yeah, for, for every thousand uh, orders that they, they, they get, their their initial cost drops so like you're you're paying for that initial like that first five thousand uh backers now and they 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 throw stuff in there because every time they have to make more like it costs less oh yeah it's it's super efficient for them to do it this way oh yeah yeah no it makes it makes perfect sense but even with like if you think about it now it's i'll just i'll just stick with u.s pricing so you're getting for 350 US, you get the, this huge detailed ship and three exclusive carded figures. Now, actually, the Mando's not carded, but two carded, carded figures, another loose, uh, the four blocks. I mean, just the figures by themselves are worth like 20 bucks a pop, at least to us. Yeah. So, I mean, the ship, when you take out all the extras, like the, you're paying maybe 220 for the ship now. And then the rest is all in extras, which I, I, you look at the slave one on the shelf right now. Like that's the price. It's like a $200 piece on at retail. Yeah. So the, the value is, I mean, it's a huge price tag, but the value is not outrageous at this point. Cool. So yeah, I'm going to be back in this thing. Real excited for that. Uh, okay. Uh, so just quick, quick. I just yeah. wanted to say, um, those uh, brick sketches that I got uh, that I got last week, uh, the BB-8, the Stormtrooper, and Batman and Joker, um, I paid uh, twenty-seven dollars, um, which was the retail price in Canada. And two days later, the price dropped to nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> um, so uh, I ended up getting that money back. Like I, I contacted the uh, the managers. Like, yeah, sure, no problem, man. Come on in and um, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll refund you the the difference, um, which was really awesome of them. Like, uh, I think uh, like they 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 do it right, um, and I want to just like tip my hat off to uh, to Sean at the at the, the Lego store in in Point Claire. It was really cool. It brings me to the point that. Uh, those brick sketches at 20 bucks are a lot more f- like digestible. Like if you're looking to get something like maybe a stocking stuffer or something uh, of that, of that, uh, yeah, of that true. ilk. Uh, those are, those are pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, Lego right now on their, on their website, if you, uh, you go to their website, there's a, a tab, uh, called gift finder. Uh, and when you click on it, uh, it uh, gives you like the age ranges of the kids that uh, that you have. And when you click on 
the age range and you can pick uh, a price range that you want to pay and uh, then it brings up another screen with the themes so um, you could uh, click on animals arts and crafts gaming harry potter princess star wars superheroes or vehicles um, and you could select up to three interests and then it just gives you a list of the things that are in those price ranges for those kids um, and uh, it's really really well thought out so i just want to tip my hat off to the people at lego <laughs> imagine lego doing something well that's shocking yeah well it's not always i mean they do uh, they do miff it up sometimes but yeah, it's uh, pretty rare yeah it's pretty yeah. rare they you know compared to to other manufacturers hasbro uh, they do <laughs> things pretty well I gotta say, yeah, they do. No, but the, the thing is, the thing is that um, there are a lot of complaints. Like they 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 screwed up a, a couple of sets in the summer wave, and um, but yeah, but norm and like the promo sets are kind of a disaster. But um, no, it's been uh, other than that. Like I, I just think the core the core values of the company are are pretty good. So that's yep, uh, awesome, cool. Um, yeah, sorry. Right. So into the news, not too much, at least not that I was terribly interested in, but there was this piece on, on Deadline, I think it was, about Mandalorian Season 3 production, which apparently is getting going soon. Or is it? Uh, we've, we've known that Mando Season 3 will be getting away or underway sooner than later. It, that's, according to the story, it's later this month or next month or early 2021. There's obviously confusion there, but... Tucked into the piece, and it was, it was Deadline, uh, a quick little mention of a Boba Fett miniseries for Disney Plus being filmed before, maybe before they shoot Mando Season 3. And that might, they're saying that, you know, maybe that's, that, I'm saying, maybe that explains some of the confusion. And first of all, real quick, do we believe, Carlos, that a Boba Fett miniseries is even happening right now? No. 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 Corey? Hard to believe. Yeah. It, I, th I find it hard to believe that right now there's a Boba Fett series ready to go. I, I can't bring myself to believe that. But I, I can believe it's on the slate for something to explore or even do and just hasn't been announced. But, you know, given given Iger's statements about, the, uh, you know, show spinning out of The Mandalorian, it's hard to see that Bob or it's hard to make the case that Boba Fett is not part of that plan. And from their perspective, there's like, there's no downside to it. It seems like Boba Fett is a pretty popular character from from what I can tell. So they, they may be well on their way to doing it, but yeah, I, not to get too deep into this today, but like, is it even possible, <laughs> even possible in, that, that they could even get this far along in a exploratory or pre-production process and keep this project secret? Like, they would have announced it already officially, right? If it's ready to shoot next month, they would have actually told us that this is happening. It seems impossible it to depends, me. It depends, man. It really depends. Like, secrecy is, is a thing among Star Wars. Like, you know, the slipping that Tamar Morrison was coming back, maybe that kind of, like, threw people off. Okay, he's coming back from Mando, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, having him back, maybe he was able to film, well, like I said, it hasn't really started yet, but. It could it could have kind of thrown some given them some cover, you know what I mean, in that regard. So that and it also depends if this story 
if there were something in the works, if it plays in directly to the Mandalorian, then they'd want to keep that close to the chest. And I think that is possible if that's what the direction they really wanted to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get you. I see. You're right. I mean, I, I can't really argue with like, that. We it's... didn't find out about the child, right? No, but those are like specific spoilery things. This is whole, like a whole production. Like we learned about Cassian Andor before it went into production or before it like well, way before it went into shooting. We've known about this show f- officially for for months and it still hasn't been shooting. Same with Kenobi. We've known about it for months. Everything that we every I'll, I'll leave that animation to the side because that's different. But everything that that has been greenlit in terms of like we're doing this we find out about officially and if they're going to start doing a boba fett show next month they would have told us about this long ago so no i I don't think that this is something that's about to uh about to jump into the studio no way um but yeah interesting and again not to get too deep into this today because if if it ever gets greenlit it would be it'll be more fun to talk about it then but how do you do a Boba Fett show, depending on the timeline? But if you do Boba Fett post Return of the Jedi, how he escapes and all that stuff, how do you do a story that isn't about Boba Fett looking for revenge on Han Solo? Right? Because they've they've had this long running feud. You'd have to think that Fett wants to get after him. And so if if that's part of the story, uh Han Solo. Or maybe how or... he actually becomes real Mandalorian, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff they would do, but just specifically on on the Han Solo Boba Fett dynamic, they have to they have to visit that in some way. Unless unless the show even God, there's no way they can't explore that. Even if they make it, it's it's a show about Boba Fett, but uh, you know before the the events of of the original trilogy, like apparently the, the the Solo Boba Fett feud was already alive and well then. Yeah, that's it. I was thinking about. I was like, do we really want to see that thing? To me, the best scenario, if there were to be anything with this show, like, is it would be a bridge between season two and three for The Mandalorian. Like, you're just kind of mentioning further backstory to bounty hunting days. Like, we got a Mandalorian bounty hunter right now. Like, do we really need another one? Do we really see what Boba did and the disintegrations and all that? Like, we've seen it. Like, I don't want to see it. Do you want to see his escape from the Sarlacc and his trials and tribulations thereafter? You know what I mean. And how that's one show. Like that's one show. That's one show. Like what? What? What else? Like <laughs> I don't know. There, there's, there's not like you're gonna do a mini series. What you're gonna do? Okay, so let's call it four episode thing or uh, of what? No, it depends. It depends, man. His yeah, relationship like, with the job. No, it's garbage. I don't want it. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't I'll, want it either. I didn't even like seeing him at the end of of, of chapter nine. Like, it's. I, I agree with you, man. <sighs> yep. Yeah, I don't know. Nathan and I were talking about this in the group. Like, what if this is the the? What if there is something in the works, and it's the James Mangold Boba Fett project that was once thought to be a movie, uh, then Solo kind of didn't do so well at the box office, and that's. What if that project is being now reworked into a, a Disney Plus thing? That could make sense. That's yeah, possible. But it, it's again, it well, still seems hard. crazy like, to me that it, it's it's under wraps for this long. Yeah, like for me, it would be like Solo Two would 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 make more sense to have the Boba Fett character. Yeah, yeah. 
like but, but like why do we have to put them like why does everything have to be jammed you know like oh we want this we want this now oh <laughs> uh, like i want give me a star wars story that has nothing to do with anything else please well i mean that's the thing we've been we've been banging that drum we must sound like a broken record here like when are they going to leave the cozy confines of the skywalker saga and the the you know the the people in places that we know so well when are they going to ditch that they probably won't it's 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 too much too easy for them to to create stories that we get jacked up for um all right like you you, you said it originally Carl. it's a money man they i feel like that's where it kind of it's, it feels like a bit of a sellout to me is that oh we have this character this boba fett guy and you know people he's so mysterious popular and this and that and like he's never had any storytellers like a blank slate so from that regard i feel like they're like oh we have to capitalize on this you know what i mean but no you're capitalizing on the mando right now like bringing it back right now for possibly the right reasons could be possibly a good idea i don't know but when you think about like the show itself like we've gone back if you go back to i think chapter five the gunslinger with toro toro calican we kind of now that that was Boba Fett, right? Flying uh, Fennec Chen. Well, we don't know that, but the we, end? we have a good idea. We th- we think it might be him. It, it probably it if wasn't. It case, probably wasn't Cobb Vanth. No, it was, he, he I wasn't agree. wearing spurs. It was probably Boba. That's it. So it's probably Boba. They all signs point to Boba, right? So now at that point, when you think about it, when you watch Episode Nine or Chapter Nine, and you see the Mando with his armor, and Boba's like, my armor. That can't his his goal, right? Like, if he's after either, maybe he could have been after Fennec Chen. Is he like just taking bounties and like trying to make scrounge a living still, or is he actually watching the Mandalorian? But again, he's not after the armor per se. Maybe now he is, knowing that he has it. But if he was on the scent of the Mando prior, then or maybe like hunting the the hunter, you know what I mean? Like maybe he wants the the Mando as his bounty because he knows. But I think there's more to it than that. I don't think it's necessarily that. But the fact that he was going after him prior to him even having the armor means there's something else going on there. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's, it's five years after Return of the Jedi. And so what's he... Is no, he, is he but what I mean is... What I mean is the Mandalorian, if in Chapter 5, Boba's on his trail... The man who doesn't have Boba's armor at that point, but at the end of chapter nine, he does and he makes his appearance. So like the general audience may be, Ooh, that's Boba. And now he's got his armor and he wants it back. But like if you just trail prior, it means the armor is just a bonus or a cherry on top for, but at this point, even if he even wants it, you know, I mean, there's so like many he's... doors open to them. They can, they, they, there's, there's, poss- there's a chance to make this interesting. But it, it, you know, it feels like it's gonna be Boba Redemption arc. Ugh, come on. Anyway, like, moving it's on true, Boba like, Fett for in a second. Regard, we... <laughs> I mean, we're gonna come back to Boba Fett in a sec. But the, the other thing okay. that stood out to me in this piece that I refuse to even consider. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to even talk about it. Uh, it's it's the line about the Leslie Headland series, and uh, we we we've been dying for news on that. But we, you know, we got that it's it's female centric and it's it's martial arts centered, and that's great. The part that got me dry heaving is 
the wording alternate timeline. And I, I'm praying and please, God, I hope it's just sloppy writing and that what was actually meant is that it will just take place in a different time on the Star Wars timeline and not in an alternate universe because that is my nightmare. Yeah, that's 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 a no. That's a uh, that's a that's a huge, huge no. Like I I have zero interest in a alternate timeline Star Wars story. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys, man. That that'd be no, weird, man. It's it's the it's the worst possible thing where they 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 already have trouble, like corralling the current timeline. Like, th- there's no reason to do an alternate timeline. Like, yeah, that's that's a typo. Marvel's uh, got that under 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 works. You know, I don't think they'd overstep that. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's just not something I can deal with in Star Wars. It feels it, I, in comics, it's, it, it's fine to me because it, it, there's something about, you know, where comics, Marvel, DC, they're kind of set in our world, in our universe, in our time, and our future's not yet written. So if you want to do like alternate futures, that's one thing. I'm not crazy about alternate timelines anyway, but I can deal with it there. Star Wars is like myth it's history it's done like it's we don't need a multiverse we don't need we don't need multiverse uh legend like legends and i get that like stories like king arthur have like 20 different versions of it i think star wars needs to be sort of like a a linear kind of progression through through a galactic history we don't need these alternate timelines no way but um agreed interesting thing also mentioned in the piece that um they said it was a martial arts thriller and I hope we do a little bit of a deeper dive into Terrace Cassie. Like, give me that Terrace Cassie goodness, man. That's, that's really cool. So I don't know if they're going to go in and, and dig out some of, um, some of the characters or inspirations from that, those old video games. That might be interesting. There's, there's Easter eggs galore to pull there. Uh, but the other thing I thought was cool, like they called it martial arts thriller, which, you know, with Cassie and Andor being a spy thriller and the Mando being a Western, I don't know what Kenobi is supposed to be labeled, uh, an epic or an adventure, a melodrama. I don't know. But they, it seems like they're doing that thing that when we first talked about Disney Plus, oh, could Star Wars like do different genres with different shows? And it seems like they're doing that. Like every show is taking on a different flavor. And that's that's I think that's pretty cool. No, that, that part's cool for sure. So yay. Yay for a little bit of uh, Leslie Headland news. <laughs> now just give us more more please a little more a little more uh all right carlos unfortunately we have to detour back into boba fett because our good mm. friend dave donovan he's got a question for us it's been a while since we had a listener question so i am eternally thankful to dave even if it's about boba fett so um let's let's do it here we go here, here's dave's question hear me out we're nearly 40 years saying boba fett died in the sarlacc We've been missing the obvious all this time. There's no way that Sarlacc survived. The bulk of the wreckage of Jabba's barge went in there. It was hovering right over it. It would have tipped into it given the steep slope. Boba is climbing out of there easy. Only thing left hanging is the armor and Boba's burns. He's got kind of a melted face if you look. Maybe he had to take off the armor to get out and the burns are from the digestive juices getting all over him. 
the Jawas just took care of the rest, salvaging after the fire died down and the Sarlacc died. And that's how they came to have it. A little screwy theory, but I like it. Love to hear your thought, boys. Um, that from Dave. Thank you, sir. If the Sarlacc died because Jabba's barge went into it, how does Boba Fett survive being inside the Sarlacc that just got killed by Jabba's barge? Well, it would uh, <laughs> at the very. I went. I didn't go that far, but it would certainly almost also trap him in there, right? Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, I, I, I I'm I'm hearing you out, Dave. I'm hearing you out, and I know you're gonna send me a message and <laughs> call me all the names in the book. But. Uh, and I, you know what? I probably deserve it. But like, um, yeah, no, that I, I, I could see how the Sarlacc could, could, could be killed. And they talk about it that, you know, the crate dragon eats the Sarlacc, right? That's like, crazy to me. So, oh man, that's, what's that? It's it's crazy to me that yeah, the crate just kind of moves along the sand, ooh, bumps into a Sarlacc, and just chomps it cool. uh yeah so i i mean th- it is possible and and yes that definitely like the burns uh or the melted face from like once again the kray dragon like just spitting out that venom you know like if uh i'm not saying he would survive the kray dragon's venom obviously because it kind of vaporizes people but like um there's definitely uh, those acid burns or or fire burns to his face. Um, I, I just don't know, like you know, I I, I just don't like any of it. <laughs> just well, me. <laughs> in the end, I you know I I think we're gonna see Boba in some shape, way, or form. We're gonna see Boba kind of scramble out of the wreckage. And I could see like the surrounding site littered with junk from the explosions and and the wreckage. Yeah. I don't know that it's, I I don't know that it's gonna play out the way Dave thought. But well, look, we we just saw Mando get swallowed by a crate and then blast his way out. You know, and and, and looking at Boba from last week's episode, he didn't really have any injuries and his backpack was still working, if not a little banged up. So I I can still see him just rocking and rocketing out of there. My question becomes this, is how far um, back does Cobb Vanth get the armor? Because we're, what, seven years uh, away from uh, Return of the Jedi? Uh, five, I think. It's it's murky. Okay. Okay, let's call it four, five. Four or five years. So if, if Cobb, like, when does Cobb Vanth run into those Jawas. Like, it was obviously it was after the Death Star, so um, like, is it a year after? Like, because for me, it's like the, the, the Jawas are the ones who are the ones who actually rescue Boba Fett and they take his armor um, as as payment for keeping him alive. I like that. Yeah, like I we yeah, like we know the Jawas ended up with it. So like did did Boba Fett dump it? Or you know, did did uh 
you know, if, if they found him, if he if he gets out, but then he's so badly banged up from being stuck in there, and the Jawas scoop him up and bring him back to life, um, and they say, "Well, you're welcome, but we want the armor for helping you." Like, does he just say, "Well, it's it's kind of messed up anyway. Here you go. I'll be on my way." Uh, who knows? Who knows how the Jawas got it? And and you would think that Boba Fett would not give up that that armor. So, but then this is this is my this is where I'm getting to my point. Like, so Boba Fett survives. The Jawas uh, keep the armor, but if they give the armor to Cobb Vanth, then they're well, uh, like he he gets it as a reward, right? So it must have been close to the events of Return of the Jedi where he actually gets that armor. Because if Boba Fett is still alive now and he really wanted that armor, he could have got it from the Jawas. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So that, so, so the armor must not have been there anymore. If he actually still wants the armor, maybe... It, yeah, yeah. You, I agree with you. If, if Boba Fett wanted that armor back, he would have gotten it back. Exactly. Know? That's exactly... And so... That, and that and that's potentially interesting because the the aftermath storyline, the main storyline, kind of it's it's a few months after Jedi and it goes to about a year after uh, Return of the Jedi at, at the Battle of Jakku. The interludes, I don't know if they're in that. And Cobb Vanth is in these interludes, which could be set in another time or not, well, not drastically different. But I I kind of saw it all as within the same, say six months to one year after Return of the Jedi. So you're right, Carlos. This is very soon after Death Star. So so Boba became separated from the armor. Who knows how or why? But it, it seems like a foregone conclusion to me that if he wanted that armor back during the course of those whatever number of years between Jedi and uh, Mandalorian, Chapter 9, he would have gotten it back. So I wonder if, like, once upon getting out of the, of the Sarlacc, Imagine he he, he kind of gets back to Jabba's palace and leaves. Right? His slave one's still there. He gets on board and takes off. He gets the hell out of Dodge. And maybe he, at some point what we'll, we'll, we'll get some reveal that he's been tracking the Mando all this time and he's always just sort of one step behind him. Who knows if that's a, a path they'll take. Like maybe he's after the child too <laughs> without the armor. So that's it. Like there's there's two ways that I could see that going down. Like this is where my mind was with that. Um, is he hunting the Mando? Because to me, personally, it seems like he's been stuck on Tatooine ever since. Like we see him in the Fennec Shand episode. He's like hiding. And it's that's another thing too. He might have just given the armor away to be like, look, Boba Fett's dead. Like take the armor. Guy's dead. Got swallowed by the bad guy, the Sarlacc. You know what I mean? And maybe he's tracking the Mando because he wants to be a Mando. I don't necessarily know if he knows what it is to be a Mando. Oh, we have no like, idea. Django didn't necessarily. Django didn't teach him, and you see him in the Clone Wars. We get we get a lot of his upbringing. It's quite tra- traumatizing. So maybe he's looking for some additional info or something like that, you know. But come come, fire! You see, he's quite stoic and Mandalorianish, quiet, not saying much. Looks like he's not a mass taker offer. But uh, I don't, I don't know. know. To to me, what it seems like is is that if he does, like he survives the Sarlacc, and I think 
the, the Jawas really take care of him for a while. That's like, that's possible, but I like what you said. I like that better than him having to take off his armor within the, the Sarlacc to, to escape somehow. Yeah. There is a reason why he must part with the armor, and that's again, maybe he even gives it up. Like that that's an interesting question. Yeah. I don't know. I I I I, I come back to the it, it, for me. It's if you wanted it, he would have it. Yeah, I, that's yeah, that I seems. I agree with you guys. So it, it and it's it's kind of interesting if he doesn't. If he kind of said, "I'm done with this." I like that. I like that way more than I want my stuff back. And if yeah, if it's exactly. I want my stuff back, and it took him three years to get it or four years to get it back, that makes him worse than getting knocked down the pit by some blind I, guy I, by I, accident. Like this. I like this better than both. I wasn't <laughs> worthy to have it back till I had show me someone what it is to wear it properly. No, nah, no, nah, that doesn't do it for me. Like for for me, the, the, the this whole thing has been. Um, it, it goes back to episode or chapter five. Like, it it has more to do with, uh, Fennec Shand. It has more to do with, um something like subplotty uh that has nothing to do with the child per se um or maybe he's as a bounty hunter or maybe a retired bounty hunter maybe he's helping somebody else trying to find the child right like i think we know the mandalorians in search of a culvert or any mandalorian to help him i think this could be that connection you know Maybe there are none left. Maybe they're all still in hiding, but maybe this is that person that he needs I, to help him on his quest. Yeah, I, I just find it tough because we, we don't like I, I like the, the, the strand you were pulling on uh, with Boba Fett, uh, his, his upbringing. And uh, I think you, you may have gone a little bit too far with saying that, like, oh, when we get to Empire, like, you know, he's more stoic. And uh, no, I think if you're in the presence of Vader, you shut your trap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it has anything to do with Mandalorians. Um, so I don't, I don't, I always felt like he, Boba he Fett gives was Vader up. some attitude, like he's no, he's no dead. Like that was like, come on, Vader. It's like shit, bitch. Yeah, but but the, but the thing is, is that he all he's doing is proving that he's a mercenary and he doesn't really have a code. Like he, all he cares about is his but bounty. He's the baddest of the bad. Like they spell that out in the movie. In that movie. Okay. Well, anyway, there like, could also be something to, to the about- to the effect that I saw this on Twitter on the weekend that every time Rex and this is a, a you know obviously a newer development, but every time Rex or Boba Fett speaks to Vader, Vader hears Rex's voice, so he might give him a little extra leeway that way. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, oh, that, that's actually cool. That's Rex under, but that's there. but <laughs> yeah, but that's red, but that's completely redconning. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's future context that we didn't have back then. Yeah, it's com- completely right. One thing I really like about what Dave said, though, is, you know, to me, well, the, the ship and, you know, uh, what is it called? Jabba's barge and all that exploding and killing the Sarlacc. I like that a lot. I never even thought of that before. Like, to me, all these years, Boba Fett has been dead, 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 dead. Like, I was like, you can't bring him back. Like, no. Like, there was a... Even when you watch it, it's such a satisfying thing. Like, like I think everybody in the theater is like collectively like, ha, ha, ha. Like, blind guy, somewhat nemesis. You get the idea, like Kyle said, that they're rivals, Han Solo and Boba Fett. They know they're 
or at least Han Solo knows him. He's the big baddie, right? And then just out of nowhere, knocks him. He screams like a girl. Then this awesome, like, thunk, like, ugh, like into the into the barge. And then rolls down. And the Sarlacc burps after. You know what I mean? It's like satisfying. Ah, Mando. Beskar. Like, it's so good. You know what I mean? You're like, dead. But, again, if the he, ship he didn't even and stay the explosions. I know. No. Of course, he, that was Pappas. But it was it was quite torturous. And like what Dave said as well, it looks like he did serve some time in the ascetic acidic bowels of For the sure. beast. Yeah, we yeah, we talked about that. That could have drove him a bit loopy. We, well, yeah, we that's something we talked about when we speculated about season two that <laughs> Boba Fett's definitely gonna look a little bit messed up from from getting some of that uh digestive juice on him. That's that's gross. I mean and he's an old fart. So he's getting up there. Know. Yeah. But like, that you know, was again like if anyone they, they have, we said mentioned it earlier. There's a blank slate for the most part on Boba, except for Clone Wars. We at that part of his history, there's a big chunk of it missing. Right, how he rose to the top. Is that involved Cad Bane? I don't know. Whatever. That's another story. But it's I have to give it a chance in the sense that you know I wasn't an avid watcher. The Clone Wars when it first came out in 2008. I don't even think I had cable at the time. But uh, yeah, so when I found out Maul came back, I was like, God damn, like, how does that work? Guy, like, his bowels fell out. Like, that's not cool. But now, multiple times, like, I, I love it. And Maul's like went from lame to fame. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's one of my favorite villains almost of all time now. Like, I love that character so much. And I'm glad I gave it a second chance. Like, it's still a bit of a stretch, you know, but, and this is too to me, but I hope they make it worthwhile. Like, there's got to be a good point to resurrect this grail of a character for the most part. Like, he's always been put on this pedestal, right? So to have him come back, it could mean big things. It could mean a show in a miniseries. We don't know, but I don't know. It's got to mean something. There's got to be something big on the docket with this guy just to bring him back. Out well, it's, of, it's, out I'm going to make it like that. And it can't be, like you guys said, it can't be, I want armor. Well, you mentioned Maul. I was, I was going to mention um, the story from, it's, an, it's a legend story from a, a, I've talked about it before on the pod, but it's, it's from a book called Visionaries, a story called Old Wounds. And it, it highlights Maul getting out of that pit on Naboo and then hunting Kenobi, just always on a, quest of revenge on Kenobi and he's always a couple steps behind until he catches up to him on Tatooine years later this is uh you know maybe three or four or five years after Revenge of the Sith he finally catches up to Kenobi and I'm now thinking that there's a a interesting parallel to do here with Boba Fett where you can where where, uh, he gets out of the pit out of the Sarlacc and then is after Han Solo and catches up to him at some point which they might explore in a future line or in a, I don't know, but you, there's gotta be a feeding frenzy right now over Boba Fett's story post Jedi. And even before, like now that he's back into the mix, like they've got to have all who kinds plays of plays him. If you go back, like, do a Han Solo thing, who who plays you're going to like de-age him. Just the don't take film. Don't take the helmet off. Tamara, Tamara Morrison does the voice and don't take the helmet off or de-age him. I don't know. I'm not worried about that right now, but I'm, what, what concerns me or intrigues me is like 
how are they going to parcel out all of these aspects, which you know they're going to tell us? They're going to... How, first of all, how does he survive? The armor and the separation of it from Boba Fett, we've talked about that. But Slave One, uh, his time on Tatooine all those years, or was he even on Tatooine? Um, like the Han Solo thread, does does he have a, an axe to grind against the Jedi still? Right? And that will he take a run at Luke? Like, there's lots to do. I think he's him. grown as a character, and Like, I think we're going to see a different Boba Fett in this one. Like, he's done all that. He went at Mace Windu hard. He was a child at that time as well. Like, you just mentioned something interesting as well, Kyle. I want to ask you guys both. What are the chances, you know, uh, John Favreau style? Now, it just, like, I could see the image in my head right now because you mentioned it, Kyle. But what are the chances we see the slave one, like, resurrected from the desert ground at one point or something? Like, she's been hiding in this, like, cave or whatever, you know? And just dusty, like, full of sand, rusty as hell. I don't know about that, but I'm. I would say there's a, a, a more than fifty percent chance we see Slave One in this season. Oof. Dang, that'd be cool. Eh, I'd be down for that. But anyway, for a, new, for a character, new paint job. I hope that just. Rust. I just hope a little more weathered, <laughs> a little more weathering. Yeah, weathered. It's dry in the desert, no rust. Because Django Slave One was like blue and goldish. Yeah, and his armor was completely different. Yeah. Anyway, for for a character who I think is overrated, overhyped, whatever, uh, yep. I think there's exciting material to cover if they engage with it. Uh, I and I hope it's just not like let's. They have to, man. Well, I they of course they do. If you're gonna bring this guy back, it can't be just for like let's do Boba Fett. He's gonna be a bounty hunter again. We're gonna show how badass he is. Like. No, please. Exactly. Anyway. We're just going to get people going crazy. But if anyone could have escaped a Sarlacc again, like I'll be more open-minded and say it could be him because in the last episode in Chapter 9, we literally saw him escape a crate dragon, <laughs> which is kind of worse in my opinion. And maybe there's a very intentional reason for that. Like, yeah, you just saw a Mandalorian shoot out of a, a, a giant carnivorous beast. Get ready because there, there's going to be more of that. <laughs> it's a little flashback I pulled your move he's like I watched you with the crate reminded me of myself 20 years ago or what is it a couple years ago Five. anyway um, this was cool uh, so let's uh, let's do this let's try anyway I, I, it was fun to answer a question again so let's get more of them and it, you know I, I say this at the end of the podcast but I'll say it again now in case people just tune out by that point but if you want to get your question on the pod help us make the show better because the best parts of the show are when we get to answer uh, your questions, send them to us, tumblingsaber at gmail.com, uh, just like Dave did. Um, and we'll, we're going to. so much a question as it was also a thought, though. Dave's thought was really. It's true. It was right there in front of our eyes the whole time, if that's the case. And I never thought of it, you know? Well, maybe you shouldn't have walked away. That, you would that, have heard me and Carlos talk. Ate about all it. that metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Anyway, um, it's a great thought. We're going to. We'll, 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 I want to title the, uh, a listener question segment like Saber Darts. We wanted to do it with our Star Wars Squadron team, but Saber Darts is a good listener question segment. So anyway, uh, our powerful friends, uh, as always, get priority access when, when those questions come in. So uh, you move to the front of the line. So if you want to join us over on Patreon, become a powerful friend. Uh, $1, $3 a month, you still get to fire off questions to us. Those will get answered uh, before anybody else's. So uh, yeah, get those emails in or hit us up on Twitter and and 
hashtag it with saber darts. Let's let's start that thing too. Let's get ourselves a hashtag. We need one. But uh, I, I think we should. Uh, I, I really think we need more of this in the future. It's way way fun answering questions. So um, get involved, folks. Have some fun with this. And the saber darts links back to Boba Fett. So and Django, all that stuff. It's uh, it's, yep. all, it's all connected. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Those cloners. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, let's uh, wrap up today's like episode with, uh, we'll talk about chapter 10 of The Mandalorian, The Passenger, and obviously, spoiler warning abound, we are going full into this. If you've not seen the episode, uh, peel out now, come back to us at a later date, but we are diving into this episode full steam ahead. Um, my initial thought, high level, I thought this was a really fun chapter in The Mando's journey, uh, even if it didn't advance the main plot in a huge way. There were some cool character moments, uh, great visuals, uh, the humorous moments more than made up for what it lacked in pushing ahead that narrative. Uh, the, the child was a scene stealer. And uh, overall, I think Peyton Reed did a, a really entertaining episode. Carlos, what do you think? Uh, other than uh, Baby Yoda uh, looking to want to connect with the spirit of the the eggs of the frog lady <laughs> and then flipping the script and then eating them uh <laughs> this this episode was a wash for me <laughs> like i i almost fell asleep like it was it wasn't um it's that this is not what i come to star wars for but it's 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 all good i i mean i think when um when we get to uh, forty chapters of this, of this thing, if we get there, like uh, it might be an episode that I skip. Oh no doubt, yeah. And I, I, there was a lot of that going around this weekend. Like it's it's not my favorite episode either. Even like in a, you know we got ten episodes. If you ask me to list my five favorites, this probably doesn't make the cut. But I you know forty one minutes. I still had uh, you know some laughs. There's still some cool moments. Um, Peyton Reed did a good job of, of capturing that, uh, I guess, uh, you know, creature feature horror movie type vibe. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. Corey, what did you think overall of the episode? Well, so far you guys done a really good job of summing things up. Like, I don't want to use the word filler, Kyle. I saw you were kind of like, Meh. and it's, it wasn't really like the, the shame is that eight episode series, right? kind of fun to have these episodes every now and again like some, seeing them in a clone season or like a rebel season would be a little more prominent like you said Kyle didn't move narrative ahead that much I really did enjoy it as a fun story I'd, I'd watch it anytime I'd watch it again time and time again like definitely really fun funny like Carlo said baby Yoda with eggs like really stole the show but uh, all in all like yeah like it was even my my significant other was kind of like uh you know at the end of it like she was like no it was fun it was good up she's like it really like it didn't do much you know like nothing really happened there but at the same time it was really fun to see Ifloni again got a little more trapper wolf patrolling the outer rim so with uh oh, i can't remember his name but i actually watched kim convenience well i my 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 girlfriend does and every time she's watching it i, I catch it up with it What's yeah, yeah. Paul, it's Paul, amazing, right? Paul Sun Hyung. Yeah, that, so that was really cool. Uh, all in all, like there, there was one point though. Like, listen, we moved this week, right? We're moving back to the house, 
such a mess, so exhausting. But you know, Friday night was my thing. We couldn't even on the laptop because we can't find our passwords for Disney and whatnot. <laughs> so we're watching on the tablets because we're already already signed in. So you know, we're, I'm in a rocking chair. No couch. Why don't you just nothing. change the password on the tablet? <laughs> just change the password on the tablet. You're gonna have Sign to do that. that. That's that's the only way you're gonna. Get, that's it. If you want to watch it anywhere Eventually, else, that's what you gotta do. We're looking still because we gotta pack everything. Like, like there's a there's a sheet somewhere, hopefully in a box somewhere. But uh, yeah, it was it was just so fun. Like at one point, I just remember myself when you know when we had the uh, basically when the Mando bails and runs right, and he goes down. And he's in the canyon. Like I'm like, I literally caught myself. Like I was leaning in closer and I had ear to ear smile. Like I had to get like, I'm not watching it on a tablet. Right. And I'm already close enough, but I'm just like, like I felt myself. Like I must look like such a dork kid, like wide eyed, biggest smile, like flying into that canyon. I was like, yay. <laughs> that was a great yeah, chase. There was, a, there was a lot to be great chase. Amazing landing on the Mando's part. Too. like the original landing stuck and he would have been out, out of there like it looked like the structural integrity of the hull wasn't breached at that point but once he fell it kind of went like <laughs> like a broken pizza box now that that, that whole sequence yeah. was so well <laughs> shot or designed i don't know how when it's obviously done in a computer oh, it's really good it's it's um it was beautiful to watch and you know just to hear those x-wings flying around that was it yeah. was it was fantastic to see them I hate that the look the, the the thing is I re, I love the visuals I hate the reason why he can't go to light speed like where's the science that says oh the eggs are okay if we're traveling just below light speed but we're inside Sub-late. this light we're we're inside this structure that allows us to travel through light speed because it's safe for us why is it not safe for the eggs stupid when do we ever quest science and star wars it's amphibian in nature you know what i mean that that, that's where the uh that's the variant that they're trying to throw you off yeah it's dumb but it's it didn't sit right with me either it's one of those things where it's like well i don't understand that maybe there's a there's a a disease in star wars that certain people creatures can get from uh from I i think it's specifically from light speed travel called bloodburn there's a character oh, it, in um is it in canon? Yeah, no it's the um the bloodline book. Um uh, which oh, in bloodline? Yeah. yeah, it's in bloodline. One of the one of the characters has this disease and I, it's like a progressive kind of chronic maybe even fatal disease called bloodburn and it comes from I think it's from hyperspace travel. So maybe vulnerable eggs would all get that thing. It's again, it's not explained. It would be nice to say if someone who would have said like eggs can't travel light like if Pelimato could have said no Mando you can't put eggs at at uh, into hyperspace they'll all get blood burn boom we're done but uh, yeah that would have been a lot easier and it, it's it's not even a corny line just to say that they're all gonna get blood burn you know that like and okay you walk away going I I don't I'm not gonna have to question that now but it's it, it was weird um. I, I I just I played along, but again it was just one of those things that you're just like why like in nature again like touching back on last episode it had I feeling vibes from like flying Star Trek like this gave me a bit of a, a Star Trek vibe in that sense you know what I mean yeah definitely it crash land on a planet and yeah 
Well, not only that, there was also that the, the scene where the it was kind of cool actually, where the frog, and that's another thing too. The the Mando uses the word frog. Like, come on, you can <laughs> it's a use gecko. Something. It's way more gecko than frog. No, either you know way, I, you use the, the word frog. The one pull is when he tries to talk to the the frog in Hatties, which was really cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool. That was funny. It was jarring there, to there see Amy Sedaris watching Amy Sedaris kind of croaking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many takes it must. It, I don't know if that's like a one take thing where you just I just want to get this done. Or is I that want the blooper you, reel. That's what I want. There's, I want to see footage of that with yeah. people just losing it because that's yeah. it's absurd to watch her do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely when, want. When, I want when, the blooper reel. When you see the frog creature, like finally figuring out by using zero to to talk to him. The old bounty hunting droid, like that to me had, like was like Independence Day, Doctor Who, and Star Trek vibes. Man, you know the the lights. <laughs> it was very Christmas tree. It seemed very low budget almost. Well, you know like, what? Boop, boop, I'm talking on that to point. You like this was, cheap. <laughs> when you watch like the recap at the start of that episode, and it kicked off with uh, the shot of of zero Q nine zero, I think it is. Uh, about to take out baby Yoda. They're looking at him. And it's like, why are you giving for like, I don't understand this recap. Why are you giving me that? And then of course the payoff is, is um, Mrs. Frog speaking through that droid, which I thought was kind of cool. I I I definitely liked, I liked that part. Like, um, you know, the, the whole communication thing, like, because we're just sitting there, like he's trying to talk to her. She has no idea what he's saying. And he has no idea what she's saying. And it's, it's so frustrating, and like uh, I-, I thought it was cool. Like I, I, when I'm sitting there, I'm like, see, I didn't see the recap. Like I, I skipped the recap, and um, on my first viewing, I skipped the recap. So I was like, wait, is that you skipped the recap? <laughs> on my first viewing, and uh, <laughs> and. Um, I was, I was, I turned to my kids. And I'm like, hey, that's zero, right? That's from, uh, you know, the prison ship episode and Bill Burr episode. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but why did he keep it? Yeah. Why do you keep scrap? That's always a danger. It's like, yeah, no, no, that's always like you're setting yourself up for failure. Like, that's classic in comics and movies. It's like, you're going to keep this most super dangerous thing like, right like, here. Where this is, this there's is no be- way that a battle happened. This is before Quill like reprograms IG eleven, so it's like you would think you would incinerate the the remains of a droid. I just freaking boot it out in yeah. space, and that's it. Let it go. Like I, I don't could know. Sell it, but it could be a bounty unto itself. The, well, the thing is, and and this is, I guess, where where planning comes into effect. Where you know you go back to that prison ship episode, and a lot of people call that a filler episode too, because. That episode begins and ends, and the Mando is no further along in his quest whatsoever. It was that yeah. episode is cool. that was darn. That episode is amazing. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it's very similar to this episode where, actually, Mando gets further ahead in his quest in this episode than in that episode on on the mm-hmm. prison ship. And you know, but when you watch that prison ship episode now, things get planted, seeded in that episode that paid off this week. So who knows what's in this episode that we're kind of like rolling our eyes at a little bit that might pay off in the future. So it's that that's kind of the magic of these little side questy type episodes where you 
you, know, you get the little character development, you get some fun moments, and there's payoffs down the line. So that's that's kind of the that's kind of how I'm looking at the the filler episode accusation. I was like, yeah, there's probably something in here that might really come to fruition and and, and pay off later on. But uh, I, let's go. I want to go right back to the start. That ambush uh, on Tatooine. This is not a complaint in any way. But was there something un-Mando-esque? Mando being like the, the un-Mando-esque in a Creed kind of way, in the way that fight ended. Like he he tricked that goon, right? Like he just said, oh, yeah, take the jetpack, here you go. And then like tricked him and sent him off rocketing so into orbit. And then, it was hilarious. It was funny. I don't know if... And the way, the way Yoda looked at him afterward too. Yeah, he didn't give him like a little vibes. side eye. He, he, but he gave him like the side eye, right? And he's like, really? And that's <laughs> I was like, giving yeah. Mando the side eye too because they're always talking about like winning a fight honorably. You know, when when uh, Mando fought the Mudhorn, and then he goes back to uh, to the covert, and he's like, "Oh, it wasn't an honorable kill. I had to have. Uh, I got help from an enemy." It's it's it, there seems to be a value in like just straight up hand to hand combat, one shall stand, one shall fall type thing, and that's not what happened here. And, so again, I'm not complaining. That, like, sorry, I just want to interrupt there. Like, there's something about that. Like, someone pointed out on Twitter at one Corey point. wants to interrupt. It's really no true way. that. That poor Mudhorn man did nothing wrong. He's trying to protect its egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like bad Mudhorn, kill you. Anyway, like it's Suga. like to me. I'm wondering. You know, only a straight fight is acceptable to the Mando, at least according to his standards in season one. And I don't know if this is if it's muddy writing for, for what happened here, or if it's like growth or evolution of the character where he's he's kind of drifting away from that rigidity or if it's character growth in some way but again not complaining it's it's merely an observation uh where are we gonna go next um oh I, okay so i guess a little bit sequentially <clears throat> going back to pelimoto and meeting her again i love amy sedaris i'm kind of done with pelimoto oh my god you know yeah, I, by the end of the episode I didn't think she was such a mouth run. I mean, you don't hire Amy Sedaris and not use that aspect of, of, you know, that, that aspect of her, her, I don't know, skill of hers, but she made a lot of decisions. The Mando though. She's been a valuable guide. She, and she's also getting, she's getting, she's getting close to like action figure status too. (laughs) You know, that's, that might be a thing to look out for in the future. Um, but like the the minute that she introduces Frog Lady, and she comes out and and Baby Mando lays eyes on that egg tank, <laughs> I'm like, oh no! Like that was absolutely my my reaction is, oh no! I know where this is going. Like the, that's sure that's that's Shaggy and Scooby looking at uh, some a, a you know a burger bar. Zoinks! <laughs> like Scooby Scoob. snacks. Look at all that food, Scoob. Oh, so that, that, I thought that you know that was that was, and of course they follow through with that all episode long. It's a running gag. It's 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 awesome. It's awesome. Um, yeah, they, they right till the end. Was yeah, like wink at the end. Yeah, that little, like, yeah, that was that was super <laughs> I still cool. Have one. Um, but that's it's like seriously, man. Feed the baby, man. Take care of that baby. No helmet on the spikes. 
Nothing. No protection. They're in the desert. No goggles. Well, it seems like that baby is egg. insatiable. It seems like that thing just keeps eating and eating and eating. Yeah. And it, it, I think there was I a cool little. Feeds it. It's just it's just pounding back food. Like it ate like three eggs over the course of the episode. A spider. That we saw. <laughs> that we saw. But there's a cool little. I, I think I didn't see anybody talk about this, but I thought there was a cool little nod to Empire Strikes Back when. Uh, and I don't know, we, we can talk about it, not that we really should, but he's sitting there with a tray on his lap, very similar to the tray that Luke has in Empire, and yeah. he's not touching it. And I, I think back to Yoda. How do you get so big eating food of this kind? Like, I wonder if Baby Yoda's going, what is this shit? I'm not eating this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if he's just like, yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't want this. I don't want any of this. There's eggs right there. It could, could be one or the other. I just thought it was a, a little... No, it's Empire great. linkage there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that there was the baby Yoda was great through this whole thing. Oh yeah, he saved it for me because I was like, I'm almost out. Like I'm out <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm not out. But I'm just saying, like, I, I wasn't uh I would have been like completely dejected, like if not for that. But I guess that's why he's there also, right? So it's like you know you kind of get you one th- another big takeaway you can kind of of the the episode is i guess if he gets a, a transmitter beacon or a transmitter beacon the rebellion's somewhat on his side like if he were to get in trouble they see he might hack so he might see another appearance of trapper wolf or whatnot you know what i mean no please no no stop oh. <laughs> maybe oh, not you're, trapper you're, wolf, but you're you know the I mean? worst of all fandom like it's incredible <laughs> Like all, I, I like all, wrapped, all wrapped in for one. Ugh. Just but it's no, but honestly, that's a, that's to me is a thing from this that the rebellion is kind of cool with them. Like, yo, look, you had our back. We know about you. We're going to let you fly under the radar. Just be cool. You know what I mean? Like, he's done some honorable things and they're, they're kind of giving him props for that. So they let him all look. And that, that's fine. So, like, you, you might see them at a, at a point. Like, the rebellion might bail him out of a situation i'd rather they revive porkins than have to <laughs> feloni again hey it can happen bro it can happen sausage fingers you hey how did how did frog lady know about that little spa you know like that that was my big question is like she smelt it man it's like nature they're really? drawn to that kind of stuff really come on man I think it was because you can't know. Yeah, I think it's because you don't, y'all don't know. A dog smells a thousand times more than us. These these, these things drawn to those things. Oh, by the way, um, that ice planet, which we all thought was Ilum, that all those fan theories just went up in smoke. Yep, <laughs> destroyed all of it. It's just a it's just a frozen planet. That's all. That's it. And that's oh, well. another thing too. It's like we we've kind of seen it before in Rebels with that Callus Zeb episode, right? Sure. Yeah. Where they kind of the exact same thing happens. They fall yeah. under this ice layer of ice, and that was the at uh, least enemy it, mine homage episode. Yeah, I like that one. But but it, like it's called the honorable ones. Uh huh. The thing is, is that like now that you said it, it's like that episode, which kind of seemed like a toss away episode of Rebels, comes back with a big payoff. 
like yeah, the, that's it. It's not. A, it wasn't at the end of the Rock. Uh, Callus doing the heel turn. Well, I, I, yeah, so it, it telegraphed it at the end of list. the end. That the final scene where where Callus they compare like Zeb's back with his family and they're happy and it's you know they're close and they're together and Zeb on the, the Star Destroyer and nobody even looks at him and he's in this in his bedroom and it's stark and it's sterile and nobody cares about him. That was that yeah. was. Telegraphed. And he's got his nice warm rock from Zeb. That the, the heel turn was yeah, telegraphed. How I miss you. you. You know, one thing that and going into the spider sequence, which I thought again was was terrific. Um, this series has done such a great job of making the like the monsters and the creatures of Star Wars like a key part of the story. You know, yep. like last year uh, we got the uh, I forget what it's called, but like the space walrus gator. Uh, the Mudhorn, those flying lizards from from Chapter Seven. And this season we got the crate dragon and these spiders, and yeah, like that. And that, for me, that's the another reason why seen something similar in Rebels, but they yeah. were more force sensitive. Yeah, I mean, just I'm talking about like just like the live action stuff we've gotten in in the last five six years. Like it's for me, it's another reason why John Favreau gets it. Like the people making the sequels, and even even Rogue One, they did a shit job. Of an integrating creatures and monsters into the movies, Rathtars, Last Jedi did nothing, nothing with creatures. Well, Porgs. There was, there was the Porgs. There was those, uh, those ladies there that were uh, uh, keeping I mean, the Jedi yeah. temple up. Yeah, the caretakers. Oh, no, how can I forget this? The horses, oh, the fathers. Ah, that doesn't yeah. count. Sure they do. <laughs> doesn't count. Look at the goalpost moving. <laughs> no, but I mean, like a mon- from a monster Poor standpoint, Trump. those those aren't monsters. No, no, you're right. They're not monsters. You don't need monsters in every movie. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> every Star Wars movie's had them, except for I mean, the sequels. Have done a terrible job with that. Like only Solo really did a good, uh, even a passable job with uh, the what's that beast from uh, the Kessel the Run. Them all. Yeah, you know, that giant monster there. Um, Chewie yeah, was kind all. of presented as yeah. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Chewie was presented as a monster. Um, uh, what's her face? The big white worm lady. Lady. Oh yeah, Lady Proxima. Yeah, Lady Proxima. You just made a clicking sound with your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, otherwise it's been wasted. And I, I like to see that uh, the Mandalorian frequently uses it in, in, in interesting ways to push the story forward a little bit. Um, yeah, but that, that spider sequence was really cool. Like I, I thought Peyton Reed did a good job of sort of building tension and making it feel more claustrophobic as he got through it. And just like the sense of overwhelm and almost like an inevitability towards it. Like they're getting into the cockpit, they're in the ship, they're in the cockpit and there's like, there's, they're just everywhere. And you're just, you, you wait, it came down for, for me, who's going to bail them out. And I thought I, yeah. I, I was in my back of my mind. I'm like, Oh, are some like Mando's going to show up? Is, are we, are we getting another uh, reveal here? And it turned out to be the X-Wing has never left. So this is where, this is why I was disappointed. Okay. Because, they they kind of like when Baby Yoda's touching the side of the 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 container. I feel like he's connecting with them through the Force. That that's that's what I felt in that moment. I'm like, oh, that's such a nice moment. Like he's not going to eat them. Like he's connecting to oh the eggs. 
Yeah. Well, he pulls them closer. Because, yeah, you, see them, can... you see them come closer to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, 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 for me, it felt like there was like a force connection there. And I thought, okay, now the Mando's up to his earballs in, in spiders here or crabs. They're actually more like crabs. And um, I thought that baby Yoda was going to be the one to save him using the force. But he doesn't. So they're holding off on the fo- like I didn't like it, but my 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 sunny disposition uh, of being the eternal optimist is uh, lets me say that oh they're saving it for something more poignant oh, later on. No doubt yeah, they are, and you you even see it right at the beginning. Like he was helpless at the beginning against this little alien dude, you know, who stole his jetpack. Right? Maybe Yoda's like, and he's been. I have to say, he's been more verbal and it was kind of sad and like, kind of like, Oh, like when the guy finally takes his jet pack and like runs away with it, like maybe Yoda's like, Meh, eh. like he's like, hold me Mando. I'm scared. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that growing bond between the two. Yeah, he's growing. Yeah. Like he's, but he's growing verbally. I find too. He's, he'll probably speak at some point. Yeah, he's definitely going to say something, man. It's going to be awesome, too. The way this is. Uh, that's it. You know what we're going to find out? I was thinking about this the other night. We're going to find out something along the lines of species. They don't necessarily... Well, we could have found this out with Yoda. But maybe they're a speaking species for the most part. They can. It's all telekinetic. So they speak for some reason... The- in their brains are wired they speak backwards and maybe they'll explain it in this show maybe they'll explain why they speak backwards I, I hope not I don't I don't I don't ever want to hear that I think it could be cool if they can make if they if they have something like cool lined up if they can have a really cool connection I think it can be I think it's deep interesting the, the deepest they'd go with that is is the Empire recaptures the baby they hook him up to the machines again and they're just like this thing's brain is completely wired differently we don't understand what this thing is it's or to say it's backwards yeah just this thing's why his brain is wired wired all backwards i don't get it and we go oh i get it now haha anyway um so they get off the planet they they evade the spiders with the help of the x-wings and i presume now we're limping off to trask and my heart breaks for the razor crest in that state just looking with the door flopping around and the engine sort of sputtering i'm sure he'll it'll get rebuilt that was the trailer right that was in the trailer and now we've seen it come to pass um it'll be rebuilt i'm sure it'll be could have been worse could have been a lot worse and uh, another thing that i i do like is that if we are gonna get quote unquote filler episodes i'm happy that it was in like episode two three and four type of thing and not in the second half where you know you want to build up that tension yeah and i'm happy that oh that we got you it in I, two. you know what i thought at one point in the episode kyle like you were gonna mention like who's gonna bail these guys out like they're so screwed you know what i thought i was like boba fett stowed away on the ship <laughs> it's gonna pop up any moment I thought it possible because, like, look, like he's on Tatooine, right? Like his story's prominent. Are we going back to Tatooine now, or is he gonna again follow the trail? 
Because it's seems like he stayed there. That's an Obi Wan move. That's it is an Obi Wan move. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, you got to think. I mean, if we're going to Trask, which is you know that estuary world, it's probably that water planet that we saw in the trailers. Um, we're real close into bumping into Sasha Banks. Like, I would not be surprised if she shows up next week. And if that's true, you know, we're going to, things are going to start heating up. It's because, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's about time we start coming into contact with these, with this Mandalorian covert that, that we heard spoken about. Like th- things are going to start moving. They got to, there's, there's too much, there's too much to do in this season. There's, there's, you know, after all this, I mean, I guess the good news is, Hey, we've just seen two episodes. The bad news is. We're a quarter of the way through. <laughs> Six episodes left. There's a lot of ground to cover, so they're going to have to start covering it. And hopefully it starts next week. But uh, I think uh, I think we're kind of done-ish. Anything else you guys want to put out there? I'm good. Yeah. I, well, I was just... I don't know when he's ever going to take his helmet off, but do you think you're going to clean it? Because... At the beginning of the episode, I, I finally like we watched on I watched on the laptop the other night, so I get a little bigger view, and I could kind of see like you know like the green hue on three PO Jabba's palace left behind. Yeah, like yeah. he had that at the beginning of this from the crate dragon, and I was like, "Come on, dude! Like I know you're alone at one point. Like you can best cars values only rising, <laughs> not like you really care." But- you could polish that crap or is it does he like i like the stains but how does he know how does he even know he's dirty he doesn't look at him he doesn't have a mirror he doesn't take it off to inspect it you know the way i see those mandalorian (laughs) helmets and on the inside it's like an iron man thing he can have a reverse flip vision like he like the thing the radar thing or whatever viewfinder pull it down it's a camera as well like the, it, to me, it's like Tony's inside Tony Stark's helmet. Like, it's got to be because well, I bought my son a little Mandalorian mask and put it on. Not too vision friendly. Hell no. So there's got to be a little more to it there. Of course. Even stormtroopers. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> Nothing about it makes sense. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah. Which you know, here here we are at the end of it, and and trying to make something out of this episode, which I enjoyed. Uh, I don't agree that it was filler, but I do agree that it, you know, it doesn't push the main narrative ahead. There's limited patience for, um, you know, I think among fans for this kind of thing where it's like, come on, like, where's Gideon? Where's the other Mandos? Can we get this going? I get it. Um, for me, I guess, you know, I guess the, you know, the side quest episodes kind of build the character, build that relationship between. Exactly. Uh, He's a good guy. Between Baby Yoda and, and Mando and seeing that parental child bond grow, um, I, you know, I, I think in the end, when we get to the end of the series, not just the season, the series, and it's over, whatever that relationship is, ultimately, these type of episodes are, are kind of the foundation for how we're eventually going to feel for that. So I guess you Dude, know, when this series ends, it's going to be a separation between those two. They're not living happily ever after get after together in a gingerbread house. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be like, go on now. <laughs> These people, Mando's gotta go. 
and everyone's gonna be like, "God damn it, no! How do you do this to us?" It's gonna be a sad day. They'll flip it. It'll be it'll be the the baby Yoda telling Mando to go. <laughs> Get out of here! You have to go. That's what they're yeah. gonna do. It's not gonna. It's, true. it's, well, it's could, not gonna be baby Yoda be chasing Mando and he going, "No, you stay. No, ah, no, you stay here." I think it's gonna. They'll invert it, and it's it's Mando who will have the, the difficulty in, in letting go. We'll see. Anyway. I don't know about that. I think it's going to be both. They're both going to be heartbroken. Of course. But... All going to be heartbroken. Prepare yourself. And Well, I, well, in, in, in that regard, we're saying that Baby Yoda is, is in this throughout. And I'm not totally convinced of that. I don't know if he's going to be you know, part, part of the scenery for the, the duration of, of, this, of the whole series. Three, four, five seasons. I don't know. He is. He's the main. Ah, oh, dude, he's the plot guy. Got to get Baby Mando or Baby Yoda home. Anyway, uh, we're done. We'll be back next that's week. Not a, that's um, that's not a shut up, Corey. We're done. Easy task. You're the one that was Come asking on. to be done by eleven. You're still babbling. Shut up. <laughs> you see, you want to separate these guys in the show. You. That's the way it works. Listen get a better internet connection. Oh God, killing me. <laughs> Kill me. Sorry, everybody. Corey apologized. Jesus. I don't know. The cheapskate. Stop buying figures and pay for better internet. <laughs> could, could be also be a, say, a hardware, me. hardware issues. Ask your Corey, go to work tomorrow. You've been off for a couple weeks. Say, hey, man, my laptop sucks. My phone doesn't hold a charge. Can I get some new gear? Please, for the sake of our listeners, can you do that? Don't, <laughs> don't laugh at me. Great. great good one great all right guys that's going to do it for this week uh like i said before if you want to be part of the podcast uh send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com um and if you want to help us out in any other way that would be awesome just make sure you subscribe to the podcast definitely share it with your friends definitely leave us a review it's been like two years since we've had one so somebody leave us a review somewhere tell us about it we'll we'll read it on the show and then finally, of course, if you want to get to the head of the of the line with your question, check us out on Patreon. $1, $3 tiers. That's it. You get a little something at each. And um, we'd love to see you there. So check it out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Uh, shout out to the one and only Rob Wade, who endorses this episode as part of the E14 endorsed program. You can learn more about that over at emotionally14.com. And with all that out of the way, gentlemen, Carlos, where are you on the whole social media thing? Uh, you can find me uh, at uh, C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram, or at the Funny Carlos. And you can find me in the comfy, cozy Tumbling Saber, a <laughs> private group where people are making jokes and having a great time, and it's comfy, cozy. And if you want to hide your geekdom from people uh, on regular Facebook, that's the perfect place to do it. Everything's really fun. Good, Corey. So now that you don't have to speak anymore, just say where we, we can find you on Twitter. Chop rules with AZ Good. on Twitter. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, don't speak anymore. <laughs> what? You can find me over on the Tumbling Saber at, uh, at on Twitter and on Instagram where I post... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Time code. Oh. <laughs> Can I mute this son of a bitch? <laughs>
Yeah, I can. Here we go. Mute. Shut him up. Um, <laughs> it's good because I get on. <laughs> He's out again. He's going to keep doing this. He's what? out again. I'm back. He's out. <laughs> you kick him off of the call. Well, he you know he wanted to play games. He thought you know he, <laughs> he thought he'd be a funny guy. I got the keys here, biatch. Goodbye. <laughs> it was a great success. Very nice. <laughs> All right, as, as I said, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at Tumbling Saber, and uh, love to connect with you there and talk about Star Wars and all that other fun geek stuff. So come check it out there. Uh, otherwise, uh, the Facebook group is where it's at. You are hereby invited to join us in there and talk about Star Wars. Uh, So that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have yourselves a great week. And until next time, may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place. Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs Blindly To the lines on your face Beating Strong Drifting Not relive this dream
Are you running away?